the Under Center podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Under Center podcast. I am still joined here by my brother Rain and we have brought in the big guns. It's week one of the NFL. There's a lot of stuff to bro- talk about. We've brought in the expert, Jason Bell. Thank you so much for joining us. We're getting ready to have a look through all the games of week one and we might as even look forward to week two as well. Oh man, I appreciate it. But I'll tell you what, I don't think I'm an expert because I couldn't call any of these <laughs> games this week. I don't know what just happened, man. I had, I was clear and concise and had everything broken down. And then I was, I understand once again, you never know in the NFL. It's week to week. So here we go. Well, Jason, on this podcast, we have a little bit of a a competition going on in terms of predicting the games. And both me and Fionn went eight and eight this week. So not too good ourselves either. That's a winning record. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take it. We'll take it. But uh, before we do jump into the games, Jason, exciting news for you. You're obviously working with ITV and over here in Ireland, Virgin Media are going to be having it. The NFL show has signed a deal with the NFL for the next three years. You're going to be hosting that alongside uh, Laura Woods and OCU Manora. How excited are you to have that for the next three years and get involved not only in the football, but also bring it to the audience, which is so well supported over there in the UK, but also over here in Ireland as well. You know, I'm really excited. Uh, You know, I love what we do and the opportunity we have uh, to be the voice of the NFL for this country and this fan base. You know, it's so unique. It's so, it's so invigorating. I couldn't imagine being anywhere else, but man, Laura Woods, we've been friends a long time and we, we had been discussing if there was ever an opportunity to make this happen, we we would try. And it took a lot of convincing for Laura. She is in high demand. Uh, so we mentioned it to her. She was like, yeah, okay. But it took a lot of begging. And now we got her and it is just going to be so fun. I mean, the conversations that we're gonna have around the game, the way we're gonna dig into it, the storylines, the fascinating things. She's just the best at that. And then the live games, you know, having those and being able to get down there and get in the action, you know, showing this audience what it's like to be down there with the players before the game, breaking it down. I mean, it's going to be so great. This is what we live for. You know, we love this game. So having the ability to continue to talk about it with this partnership with ITV, uh, it's going to be amazing. I'm just, I'm really excited uh, because of who we have and what we have. I mean, we're really going to give it all, all this year, like we do every year. But it's going to be special now with Laura. You mentioned there as well, of course. The game seems to be growing and growing over here. We've got games in Germany this season as well to look forward to. Obviously, the full slate of games in the UK as well. It must be amazing to be there. It's such a different atmosphere. Every time we listen to the commentary on those American broadcasts, we hear them ooing and aahing about how eclectic the fandom is over there. All sorts of jerseys showing up to watch a game between two jerseys or between two teams, sorry. It must be so exciting to be there, feel that atmosphere and be able to broadcast it and just show how how much the game is loved and how much you guys love the game. Yeah, it's so unique because, you know, I think of it as a player. I always go into my player mode when I'm in a stadium and you look up and it's this whole different vibe that you wouldn't get unless you were in a playoff game, a playoff home game. The way this crowd is, the emotion behind it. I mean, it's a it's a spectacle from the beginning to the end, you don't get that in a regular season game in the U.S. It doesn't happen. 
So the players know coming over here, it's going to be special. It's talked about. It's discussed. They know. Some guys, it's their first time outside of the country, and they get to come here and experience a game like this where the fans of this country, the fans of Europe, have made it their own. That's what makes it so special. This is their game in this country. We're just visitor, visitors coming into play. So obviously, Jason, the New York Giants are coming to play in the um, Tottenham Hotspur Arena this year. Do you have them backed against the Green Bay Packers? Obviously, the Packers didn't start off too well against the Vikings this weekend. I uh, know, man. It's like they got a chance now, right? <laughs> Before the season, I was a little nervous for my Giants. But, now you never know what can happen week to week. I expect Green Bay to get better. Green Bay lost last year in the opener, too. And Aaron Rodgers came back and said, everybody relax. I think he even spelled it out. Uh, so, I, I, I feel like, you know, when you got a guy who's got two MVPs back to back, they're going to find a way. But I'm so excited for this Giants team, not only because it's near and dear to my heart, but I love what they've done in the coaching staff in the front office. And with Saquon Barkley playing like he did last week, you know, this guy, he's feeling the heat of, I used to be the one everybody loved. Now everybody forgot about me. And it fired him up. And you could see the way he's playing. He is playing with reckless abandon. And that's how you have to play the running back position. Just explosive. And that's what you saw. If he can continue to do that, I, I feel like the pressure will be off Daniel Jones. This will be Saquon Barkley's offense running through him, you know, play tough defense, and you got a chance. You're going to have a battle, man. You're going to have a battle out here, and you get to see two major superstars in uh, Barkley and Aaron Rodgers. That's a great segue into discussing the, the week's action, and we're, we'll stick with the Giants just quickly before we move on. Is there now a much bigger uptick in positivity after this week one? Obviously, a win will always do that. They were hard to come by last season. This is, I believe, the first time the Giants have been over 500 at any point over the last five or six seasons. So it's a big swing. Saquon's back. He's feeling it. Teams, like you said, they almost forgot how good he is, and he showed them straight out of the gate week one. Are you hearing any huge swell of positivity? New York, big media market can be a difficult place when things aren't going well. Is this a really positive start to the season? I mean, of course it is. It's a W, but are the fans really getting behind us and believing, hey, we've turned a corner here? I don't know if they think they've turned the corner, but there's hope. And you need, on offense, they're looking for somebody to be the spark to the engine, right? They're looking for somebody to be the bell cow, make it happen. All the pressure's been on Daniel Jones, right? Can, can this quarterback find his way? But I think the shift can go to the running game. You know, this is New York City. This is a tough place. This is, this is grinded out. Give it to Saquon. He's a tough dude but can make those highlight plays. So I just think in that building, especially with Brian Dayball, I think they're going to start figuring out who their identity is, who they are on offense especially. And that's going to happen this week. You go out, you get a win, a tough win, and you realize that you can close out games. It makes you uh, it makes the whole locker room positive, but it gives you that sense of we can get it done when we have to, and that's important in the NFL. 
is it a big blow for the Titans or is it everyone kind of feeling themselves out week one? Of course, all the fan bases, if you went 1-0, you're going to the Super Bowl. If you went 0-1, it's every game's a loss. Seasons are right off already. How big a blow is it, though, for the Titans, considering the preseason speculation and talk around the two teams? I don't think a lot of people would have said it would be close, never mind a New York win. Yeah, you can never get too high or too low on week one. And obviously you're upset because you lose. But Mike Vrabel teams are always mentally tough. Always. And the Titans have their ups and downs. They're a good team. They'll be all right, especially in their division, uh, the AFC South, right? They can still go out there and find a way uh, to be a dominant force. So this, they'll look at the tape. They'll realize the things they got to fix. And what happens now a lot of times is you come out of preseason and you got this ideal of who you are as a team. Like, oh, this is who we are. This is how we're going to play. And then week one lets you know, nah, that's not it. And you have to sh shift tracks. And that's what's happening. Reevaluating who you got, what you got, and what you're going to do. So everybody's doing that. Don't panic. Uh, don't jump off the ship. It'll all be all right. I guess for nice. some teams. <laughs> I, I guess it's uh, nice to see the king, the running back, coming back and showing uh, showing a little bit of toughness as well and showing really tough runs that he was known for Derrick Henry last season. Obviously got that injury, came back for the playoffs, didn't look quite right. So maybe the Titans fan breathing a little sigh of relief to see him back to his hard running style again. Yeah, without a doubt. All you got to do now with social media is watch how these guys train in the offseason. And the mm -hmm. way you, when you look at Derrick Henry, you know he's coming back ready to wreck shop. I mean, the guy is just, he's a phenomenal athlete, but the way he prepares himself for the volume of carries he has each year, uh, it's tremendous. And, you know, he sets the tone for that offense. That's their identity. As a guy like that, tough, hard-nosed runner that dishes out punishment. You know, he, he brings it to the defense. And uh, that really, like I said, sets the tone for your team. Now, you obviously cover the NFL, and if you're like us over the last couple of months, we've had to drag up stories, talking about contracts, talking about trades, things only the really nerdy football fans like to talk about. Finally, we have football to talk about again, and the <laughs> NFL season kicked off hard on a Thursday night football game. Bills against the defending champs, Rams. What a game. The Bills looks hot. The Rams got off to a slow start. Are you surprised that the Rams didn't get going? And how good does Josh Allen look? Uh, let's start with Josh Allen. Yes, he looked good. And he had a lot of pressure. I was, I was wondering how he would handle that. Not just as a, as a team, I was like, how, how are the Bills going to handle all this offseason pressure, right? Everybody's crowning them kings. But I thought about Josh Allen. You know, when you are uh, the favorite for the MVP out of the gate, what are you going to do? How are you going to play? And he started just like he left off last year when he lost that playoff game, on fire. He is that offense. He is, he is a weapon. I mean, the things – there's a reason why you try to get a 6'5", 245-pound quarterback. He can take all the hits. He can deliver them. He can stand in the pocket. I mean, you see the way he throws the ball. Look at how different it is than other players. It jumps out of his hands. I mean, he's literally waiting for those guys to come out of their break, and he's delivering it. That's what kind of power he has. Most quarterbacks need timing and rhythm to make those kind of throws. He can just wing it. So, you know, watching him play like that, I know he's ready for the moment. 
as far as the Rams are concerned, I was a little worried about the Super Bowl hangover. That's tough, man. You know, they're in L.A. They were feeling it. I thought there might be a, a little letdown in the first quarter of the season. This doesn't surprise me. And this was a hard matchup. You know, Matthew Stafford and his arm talking about the soreness and the issues he's had. That always worries you. It's concerning. I think they'll figure it out. McVay always does. They always get, get they always find a way to adjust. And I think when your superstars play bad, like Jalen Ramsey, how it was highlighted, I think he comes to practice a little bit angry and motivated. You come back the next game and you got to prove to the rest of the NFL community that you are great. I've seen that happen before. So I expect them to bounce back, but they're not the team they were last year. So you mentioned uh, Jalen Ramsey there just before finishing. Um, What did you think of his game as a former cornerback? Do you think this was a really poor game from Jalen Ramsey or was he just matched up against one of the best in the NFL and Stefan Diggs? He had poor plays. I mean, the stats don't lie. Uh, it wasn't good. You know, they move him around a lot. He does a lot for that team. It's really hard to play all the positions like he does. He's in the slot. He's on the outside. They ask him to do a lot. And as a corner, I understand how difficult and demanding that is. So I'm always careful on how I critique him. I mean, because he, he does have a well-rounded game. But just like an offensive tackle, if you get beat for two sacks, you could have blocked good the entire game, but you gave up them two money sacks. And that's the corner position. So uh, you got to come through in the big moments and that didn't happen. So that's what I think he's going to, he's going to go back and reevaluate maybe his focus, his technique, all those things. When you play a bad game at the defensive back position, especially one thing a great corner told me was go back to the basics, man, go back to the basics. You know, the simple things keep you out of trouble. Work on those. And I, and I think that's what Jalen will do. We saw good uh, cornerback play out of a brand new rookie, Sauce Gardner, on the Jets. He played well. The Jets necessarily did not. Uh, they got pretty much handled quite handily by the Ravens. Lamar Jackson looked fantastic. He didn't seem bothered by all this contract talk. He's obviously representing himself as well. So he didn't have an agent looking after that for him. So, a lot of off-season noise for him. He came out the gate pretty fast, especially considering the Ravens don't play any of their uh, or most of their starters during the preseason games. How did you assess Sauce Gardner? And did you see anything in Lamar Jackson's play that suggests maybe he's going to play a little bit different in this contract year versus years we've seen him before? Yeah, with regards to Sauce, I mean, you know, I, I always like the corners, right? So, and, and a friend of mine is one of the DV coaches over there. So I'm rooting for how Sauce plays. But yeah, he played good. I mean, one thing about Sauce is he has the intangibles, especially the way he's built. Uh, he's long, but he can get in and out of his breaks, which is really good. You know, he plays the ball well in the air. And I'm not taking anything away from his performance, but, you know, when you play against the Ravens, it's not like you play against this high-power passing attack, right? But he played well. It's it's the NFL. It's it's tough. Uh, but you just got to be consistent. But I like the way he started. Uh, I like what he's doing. And that's why he was drafted so high. As far as Lamar's concerned, you know, the first thing I thought when he supposedly said no to that contract is, man, you better ball every single week. Like, you got to start fast. Because you got to make them know every time you're on the field, that price is going up. 
for somebody, you know, because of how he plays and what he brings to the table. So I just really wanted him to play like that. And, and he's one of the, it sounds like he's betting on himself. He's betting on his performance at every t- twist and turn of the NFL season. I'm cool with that if he is. So uh, I, as a fan, it's really kind of, I think about it. It's exhilarating, right? We get to watch a guy who's trying to lead his team to a championship. Obviously, uh, he's got all the fanfare behind him because he's Lamar Jackson. But then he's also playing for this life-changing contract at the same time. Like, it's the greatest movie script ever. And we get to watch that every week. You know, this is what we love as NFL fans. So, you know, I kind of thank Lamar Jackson for putting it on the line for us to talk about. So, appreciate it, Lamar. (laughs) Well, one guy certainly did start hot, and he was at the quarterback position as well. Jason, is Patrick Mahomes getting even better than we've seen him in previous seasons? He just came out of the gates flying. He's got a lot of weapons around him, but my God, does he know how to use them? Uh, man, I love Patrick Mahomes. I I put it out there so it's not news or news breaking. I think they're going to be in the Super Bowl, and I think they're going to win it. And I think uh, Patrick Mahomes is going to be the MVP. I said this before this first week. Everybody is on the Josh Allen hype train. I get it. I understand it. But I thought with Andy Reid and offseason, figuring out how teams adjusted to them, a change up as far as his receivers are concerned, I knew they were going to have a plan for Patrick Mahomes in this offense. And just remember, never forget. I mean, it's easy to because it's, the you know, it's, it's week to week in the NFL. But this guy, what he can do throwing the ball, the way he sees the field, it's amazing. His mobility is effortless, especially in the pocket, the way he can move around and create those second reaction plays. But now it feels like he, because he no longer has Tyreek Hill, he has guys that are specific targets to things they do well. He looks at one guy and goes, okay, this is what you do well. This is what you do well. This is where the offense tells me to go with the ball, and he does it. And you see that. It was discussed People thought this would be what it would be, but when you lose Tyreek Hill, you're always questioning, how is it going to work? I think we're seeing it, and it's only going to get better. This, I mean, I'm telling you, watch out. Watch out, because he is ready, and he's got that attitude, too. He's like, hey, y'all forgot about me? I'm going to remind you. So, once again, another brilliant storyline for us to follow. And Jason, how difficult is it as a cornerback when you come up against a guy like Patrick Mahomes, a guy who can extend the play for 10, 12, 15 seconds? It must be ridiculously difficult to cover for that long, uh, particularly if you're in man coverage. Yeah, if I got to cover for for 15 seconds, it's all over for your boy. I'm uh, I'm out there, you know, sitting next to my family because it's not going to (laughs) work out for me. Um, But yeah, so it's okay. That is true. And that is scary. But what really makes that that component frightening is the fact that he can make every throw. An example, you can extend the play. You can boot out to the right set. But as a defender, I've evaluated you as a quarterback, and I'm thinking, all right, he can't make that throw all the way back to his left on the outside. So I'm starting to cut off portions of the field I have to cover and be responsible for. You can't do that versus Pat. That's the scary thing. Like, The best quarterbacks attack the entire field, period. That's what makes him the best because you can't stop everything. He can do that with his arm, 
and then extending it with his feet. He's got a, a the O line is great now. I mean, they're really good. But the fact that he can, you know, he loves to step up and, and move out to the right, no matter how much you think, oh, this is what he wants to do. Let's stop it. Try, see if you can pull it off. He's going to get you one time a game, two times a game. Doing that, he can throw the ball anywhere. And that is what makes him so amazing. And then just when you think you have it all covered, the coaching staff pulls out a tight end sweep pitch dive that Kelsey did into the end zone where you think you got to cover everyone. It's a little underhand swing for about four yards and Kelsey plows it into the end zone for you anyway. Yeah, they're one of the best designing plays in the red zone, right? Condensed area, uh, not a lot of space, got to be creative. And no matter how many times they do, it feels like they keep coming up with stuff. You're like, oh man, again? But this is what they do. One thing about Andy Reid, never forget, he is a great play designer. That is that is what he does the best, and uh, you see it every week. Jason, one of the big storylines that was of week one specifically was the comeback games. That is Russell Wilson going back to face the Seahawks. We also had uh, Mayfield on the Panthers going back to face the Browns. Uh, and I think you could probably throw in Joe Flacco as well of the Jets that we've already touched on. It didn't end particularly well uh, for those comeback games. Uh, how do you feel does that play on a quarterback's mind? At this top level, is is that a small distraction that the media likes to talk about? Or does that have a significant impact on these guys when they come back to somewhere where, in the case of Russell Wilson, a hero maybe even one of the Hall of Famer guys for that team or Baker Mayfield that had a very rocky ending, not sure what kind of environment or what kind of reception he's going to get when he comes back. Yeah, let me hit Baker quick before, before I hit Russell. Uh, uh, you know what, Baker, he wanted that win, obviously, everything that happened, but Baker's going to be all right. You know, think about it. Baker, Baker's just learning the offense, mm-hmm. you know, like, Imagine when he's able to kind of run through the whole playbook and all that kind of stuff. So Baker's going to be okay. Baker's going to be all right. He wanted this win, didn't get it, but Baker Baker will be all right. The one that's got to hurt, man, Russell Wilson. I mean, this was a gimme game for him, right? This was, uh, I'm, I'm riding back in t- town. Let's ride. Let's do this. Uh, let's make it happen. Now, I know, you know, it was two fumbles down by the goal line and other things happened. I mean, even Seattle had some some mishaps, you know, that they lost some opportunities. But, you know, Geno Smith getting interviewed after winning the game, you know, that's not what Russell envisioned. That's going to hurt him. Like the rest of the guys, they'll be upset. Man, this is this has got to hurt Russell. This this is not this was not a part of his plan. He did not write this chapter. So I, I want to see how he bounces back next week and the team as a whole. Yeah, I, I can't remember the last time that Russell Wilson went 0-4 in the red zone. Um, was this occasion maybe a little bit too big for him with the, uh, you know, the 12 being there? They were the loudest they ever have been. Uh, what do you think? Was it a bit too big for him? Or was this just a bad day overall for the Broncos offense? You know, I don't think I, – I can't say anything is too big for a guy that's won a Super Bowl, right? I'm very conscientious of that and – and saying that, but the, the fans got to him. I think he he probably would have enjoyed a better homecoming, you know, clap it up, you're back, you know, we love you, Russ. Uh, that's hard, but I think his head coach really struggled, Hackett, man. I think that 
you know, his first time out there calling plays and trying to manage the game kind of caught up to him. I think he didn't get a lot, you know, that, that, that really harmed what they were trying to do as a team more than anything. So uh, I think it's not all on Russell, but you know, once again, the team you left is not going to love you until you retire. <laughs> you know, you don't have to play against them anymore. Then they'll cheer for you, but they're not cheering for you this week. So, but yeah, I, I feel like this is one he'll, he'll never ever forget. Hopefully as a, they go back this week and they realize just cause we went and signed this quarterback, he, he's not the savior as a team. We got to get better as a staff. We got to get better. And you know, it's just week one. It's all about who adjusts and who adjusts fast to what you are that year. That's the thing about the NFL. The quicker you can figure out your identity this season, not last, not next, this season, next week, the better you are. Jason, were you surprised that the Broncos gave him such a long contract? It feels like they're going to have him signed until he's about 65. So he's going to retire as a Bronco. Uh, were you surprised given that he's not the youngest quarterback out there? No, because, you know, quarterbacks are playing longer. Tom Brady's helped all that. And with the trades, you knew that was coming. The ownership change, you knew that was coming. It's hard to find a quarterback. It's hard to find a quarterback. Russell Wilson's caliber did not really surprise me to contract. Um, so I was, I was expecting that. It's just now the expectations of being great kind of did surprise me because I'm looking at, that division and i'm like yo this is a battle just to get out of there like that is a cage fight well you know before you think of anything else like this is not a guarantee so i know it looks good on paper but this is going to be tough so i think broncos fans are getting their first taste of that before we move on and look at the thursday night game coming up uh, one last thing obviously a lot of rust on all of the teams i think we saw that throughout the league uh, but a lot of kickers having a lot of yips in, in almost every game. There was a couple of games went to overtime, a lot of missed kicks, a couple of clutch kicks as well. we got to give them credit. Uh, was that surprising a little bit? I think maybe week one tends to be the most pressure on the kickers. I feel like they're always the tightest games. Everyone's not quite up to speed. You get a lot of close last-minute kicks for the wins, which we saw a lot go through. But again, a lot of yips. What did you make of that? Well, you know, I give no excuses for kickers, none. So I'm not going to start there. But it is tough, man. As a special teams guy, I spend a lot of time with the kickers, man. Uh, I will say this. You give them a pass. You know, a lot of them, especially the good ones, you know, missing kicks, you kind of give them a pass. But they only get one shot. I mean, they really do. Uh, they got to get it together. And, I, and maybe that that is because not a lot of preseason games. Who knows? But – now it's real. They got to get back into it because one thing you can see, because of the way the NFL set up with the parity, with the games usually coming down to who has the ball in the last two, three minutes, right? Most games come down to the end. I mean, your kicker has to be clutch. This is why the Cincinnati Bengals got to the Super Bowl because their kicker was making everything happen. He was money. So this, these guys, to be a championship-caliber team, you got to get that figured out. So you'd rather have it early in the season than later. Jason, thanks a million for going through. Obviously, there's so many storylines from week one. It's impossible for us to hit on all of them, but thanks for your input on those. Before we let you go, Thursday night, we've got the Chiefs against the Chargers. We didn't speak about the Chargers. How good is Justin Herbert? He's another man 
with an arm that can make any throw on the pitch. He he throws that thing like a laser. Best drop back quarterback probably in the NFL. I mean, you can say, you know, everybody says clean pocket, all that kind of stuff. And that's true. If everything's right, a lot of people can make the throws. But you see him drop back in that pocket. I mean, he's got he's he's got the arm strength. He's got the height. He can see everything. It's laser darts everywhere. And he just does it in this calm, cool way. You look back on when he was drafted, and this is the thing I, I, I always hate about the draft, is the evaluation on people. And he got devalued because he was so chill. You know, he's, he's just so relaxed. But yet, this is what makes him great. And I'm like, you know, what do, you, what, do, what do we want here? And this guy is out there. He's got command of everything. He keeps getting better. With that defense, if he gives them any lead, any lead, they can get after the quarterback. Like, this team is a – this is – nobody wants to play this team in the playoffs if they're hot. Not with this quarterback. Keenan Allen, he might have a hamstring or something. Mm-hmm. That's – that worries you. Uh, he's very important. You know, Mike Williams, even though he didn't have a lot of, you know, he didn't have a lot of volume, he still makes you as a defense react to him because he could take the top off quickly. Um, so we'll see how that plays out. But, hey, man, Justin Herbert, man, this is why the NFL is so great. I mean, he he's, not, he's in the top three quarterback. The top two, Mahomes, Allen, for me. And then you got to look, you know, especially young ones, you got to look at, you know, Herbert and Burrow. I mean, this is crazy. This is just nuts. So uh, it's going to be great to watch. Uh, I'm excited. Well, Mr. Jason Bell, it's very easy to wax lyrical about your two of your top three quarterbacks in the league, but we're going to put you on the spot here. Who's going to come out on top out of the, the kind of the quarterback of now and the quarterback of the future? Who's got it Thursday night? Chiefs, Chargers. Who are you going for? Oh, I'm going for the Chiefs, man. I got to roll my team that I put on. I mean, I can't pick them in the Super Bowl and start giving up on them week to week. You know, I can't live like that. My man O.C. would have – he would call me out for that. So, I got to roll with it week in and week out, man. Well, Jason, thanks a million for your time. We really appreciate it. Everybody, stay tuned. We'll be talking to Josh Klinger coming up. Again, continuing our look forward to the Chiefs against the Chargers coming up on Thursday Night Football. Jason, thank you very much for joining us. I appreciate it, man. Good times.